Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. The issue of whether to increase oil drilling within the United States continues to dominate the news these days. Industry critics say the oil companies should drill on their existing leases before given a chance to lease additional areas. But can they drill or produce oil and natural gas on all of their leases? The answer is no. Some leases don't contain energy resources, Others are tied up in red tape or legal challenges. Steve Rosenbaum, a litigator from the prestigious law firm Covington & Burling, has been involved in some of the high-profile cases that have delayed or stopped energy production. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. In the cases now that we're referring to, you've represented oil companies, correct? That's right. Well, let's talk about two or three of the most publicized cases. First of all, it's my understanding that several years ago, about 40 wells were drilled off the coast of California, but due to legal action, they were not allowed to produce oil. Can you explain what happened in that case, and when did it happen? Well, that's exactly what happened, and some of it happened relatively recently. Uh, These were leases that were actually issued quite a while ago in the early 1980s, and the oil industry went and drilled about 40 wells at costs of hundreds of millions of dollars, and they discovered what the United States government itself has said on many occasions is about a billion barrels of oil, which is a lot of oil. Uh, But unfortunately, in the meantime, Congress amended a statute that governed offshore operations in a way that gave the state of California additional powers uh, to block the oil companies from going forward, and that's what happened. So is there any way to estimate the impact on the economy or the impact on the consumer? Well, I don't know how to estimate the exact impact, but a billion barrels of oil is a lot of oil that uh, could have been produced and uh, is not going to be as a result of uh, what happened here. And you say that companies spent millions of dollars to drill. Is there any way to estimate what the impact could have been on those companies over a long period of time? Well, uh, obviously, especially with uh, the current situation, you would be talking about, you know, a huge amount of uh, revenues and a huge amount of expenditures going forward uh, to produce all of that oil, but uh, that's just not going to happen now. So they obviously lost a lot of money that they invested in drilling. Were they compensated? Well, fortunately, uh, they uh, have been somewhat successful in litigation uh, in uh, obtaining a ruling from the court that they are entitled to recover what was paid to the United States government for the leases in the first place. So they have gotten some compensation out of it. Uh, But uh, obviously oil companies don't uh, go into the business of uh, producing oil and gas uh, for these results. And uh, although we're certainly uh, happy, and I'm happy having represented them, uh, to have gotten uh, a a fair amount of compensation, still overall uh, this is not the uh, optimal outcome, certainly. And what was the impact on the government then? Well, of course, the government 
loses in several ways. First of all, they have to uh, pay back the original uh, lease bonuses, which we think is perfectly uh, justified, but it's a loss to the government, obviously. Beyond that, the government loses its right to receive a percentage of the production. In all of these leases, not only does the government receive substantial payments up front when the lease is issued, what they call bonuses, but the government also receives royalties, a percentage of the uh, value of the production. The government doesn't have to pay any of the costs of uh, getting the oil and gas, but they get a pretty fair percentage of the production. And it, it actually represents the second largest source of income to the United States government beyond taxes is the royalties on production on federal onshore and offshore lands. The third thing the government loses, obviously, is the benefits of energy independence because this is oil that's going to come from some foreign source uh, instead of from a domestic source and therefore be uh, a lot, lot less reliable. There's some big delays right now in a project in Alaska. Is that correct? That's right. What's happening there? Well, that's a good example where people may say that companies are not pursuing their existing opportunities, but this is one where there's an existing opportunity, but it's been thwarted. This involves the Beaufort Sea offshore Alaska, where over the last few years, a couple of hundred leases were issued by the United States government in return for substantial upfront payments by the industry. And one of the companies, a Shell Oil Company, uh, which has a major uh, interest there, uh, submitted a proposal in 2007 to uh, drill 12 exploratory wells, up to 12 exploratory wells, on a number of those leases. But environmental groups uh, went into court and uh, thus far have blocked uh, Shell from being able to drill those wells. I think it was originally planning to drill them in the summer of 2007, uh, that didn't happen. Then it wanted to drill them in the summer of 2008. That didn't happen. And uh, weather conditions, of course, in that part of the world in the wintertime are very difficult. So things are have been, at a minimum, delayed, and they still don't have the green light to go forward from the courts. And yet we have people in the United States clamoring for drilling. Well, there are a lot of people clamoring for drilling. Unfortunately, there are a number of people who are also dedicated uh, to stopping that drilling from happening. Steve, in general, how often is drilling or production stopped by lawsuits or other challenges? Well, it certainly has happened on a number of occasions. Uh, talked already about it happening in California and it happening uh, in Alaska. This is not actually the first time it's happened in Alaska. There were have been other situations where leases were issued and then for various reasons the company simply were not permitted to go forward. That's also happened uh, previously offshore uh, North Carolina. It's happened off the west coast of Florida on a couple of different occasions. So this can be uh, a real impediment. And who in general has filed the suits or come forward with the challenges that, that have either stopped or delayed projects? Generally, there have been environmental groups who have been opposed to the drilling. Uh, sometimes states have gotten involved in the case of California and the drilling offshore California, the state of California. Uh, currently has a policy against new drilling off their coast, and so they were involved in that litigation as well. What happened in the Destin Dome case? Uh, who were the lessees there, and how was the dispute uh, resolved? And perhaps you can explain to people where it is and, and what that was all about. Destin Dome is an area that's uh, in the eastern Gulf of Mexico. Uh, it is a fair distance off of Florida's coast and also uh, sort of off the coast of uh, Mississippi and Alabama as well. 
and uh, this was a natural gas field that was discovered jointly by uh, by Conoco and by Chevron and by Murphy, and uh, they explored it pretty fully. Uh, thought it was a good project, and uh, interestingly, none of the facilities would have actually involved Florida. Uh, all of the pipelines, et cetera, would have gone onshore on other states, which supported the development. But because this was not so far off of Florida's coast, at least from Florida's perspective, they were adamant that the project not go forward, and it became a great cause. And uh, ultimately, the project, uh, as of today at least, has not gone forward. Again, were the companies compensated for all the work they did? The companies were compensated. Uh, we also represented them in their breach of contract lawsuit. But once again, I mean, uh, not to say the oil companies are upset to get compensation. Obviously, that's why we bring the litigation. But they're in the business of producing oil and gas, not in the business of bringing lawsuits. So uh, in the end, it's not uh, not the optimal outcome. But of course, it's a lot better than the alternative, which would be to walk away and get nothing at all. And of course, it has an impact on energy supplies in this country anytime these things are stopped. Well, that's right. Uh, and uh, Take North Carolina, which is an example I mentioned a minute ago. Uh, that's one, once again, which involved natural gas. And so although the risks of oil spills are not very great under any circumstance, uh, when you're dealing with natural gas, you obviously have even less of a concern. Uh, nonetheless, uh, the North Carolina project was uh, ultimately opposed by the state of North Carolina and did not go forward. No one knows for sure what's down there because they didn't even get to the point of doing an exploratory well. But, you know, there were estimates uh, where if there was the natural gas down there that people hoped there was, it could be several trillion cubic feet of natural gas. And, you know, I remember one old executive saying, you know, several trillion feet of natural gas off the eastern coast of the United States, you know, which is one of the heaviest natural gas users uh, use areas in the country, if not the world, you know, just a fantastic opportunity. But uh, that project uh, was stopped. Got a related question for you. Congress has been considering legislation to force the oil companies to develop leases that they currently hold or to return them to the government. It's called use it or lose it legislation. Based on your knowledge of the oil industry, is this legislation necessary? It really isn't, and it's really you know, just uh, really an effort, I think, to change the topic of discussion. The leases have built into them today all kinds of requirements and incentives so that companies go forward. I mean, first of all, these companies typically spend a lot of money up front to buy a lease. I mean, sometimes it's $100 million for one lease. So the notion that people are going to spend that kind of money just to sit on a lease and not move forward. It just makes no sense whatsoever. But beyond that, all of these leases have a mechanism under which either you start your production within a certain number of years after you get the gotten the lease, or you lose the lease automatically. Most of these are five-year terms. Some of them are longer than that if they're in deep water or unusual conditions, geological conditions or geographical conditions. But under any circumstance, they already have a use-it-or-lose-it mechanism built in. Beyond that, the federal government has a lot of additional powers. Uh, they can require a lessee to drill a well if the government thinks that needs to be done. That's written into the leases, for example. 
And there are other powers that the federal government has to force things to move forward. In fact, there's a provision in the statute that says if the federal government were to conclude that a particular oil company was not acting in, with due diligence with respect to its existing leases, it can bar that company from bidding for and acquiring any additional leases. I think every oil company has the incentives they need to move forward as expeditiously as is dictated by the opportunities presented. And in coming weeks, maybe we'll discover if there are going to be any more opportunities. Congress is, of course, looking at legislation um, that could indeed open some additional areas. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's uh, a great idea, and it's really needed. And, you know, there have been moratoria against new leasing in many parts of the country uh, that have been in place now for 25-plus years, and I think it's time for that to stop. I mean, it, this the industry, I think, has exhibited very strong record of being able to develop the oil and gas in an environmentally sound fashion, and the technology has only gotten better as the years have gone by. You know, a lot of people just refuse to recognize that the environmental risks of shipping all this oil in from around the world is greater than the risks of developing it our, ourselves. And there's just no question but that uh, we would be better off if we opened up more of the uh, offshore areas to drilling. Little doubt that this drilling debate will continue throughout the presidential race and beyond. Steve Rosenbaum, thank you so much for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.